Welcome to Corazon Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Mark Cowan. Mark Cowan is a serial innovation and enterprise product development type that enjoys ramp up while transforming an organization or user base to reach its full potential. He's currently focused on solving the challenges of enterprise data management and information governance. Team building, product development, and data management and business integration are central themes in most situations. Mark really enjoys turning ideas into potential than letting the market run with it. Good afternoon, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you very much for the time and attention. You bet, Mark. So, Mark, I've been chatting with you on and off for the last several weeks, and I'm glad we're together today, finally, and kind of to talk about what you're doing and sharing your career story and some of your company things that are are going on currently, anyway. You have an interesting career background in data, project management, startups. When were you bit by the entrepreneurial bug, and what inspires you to push that envelope? You know, it started very early for me, frankly, as a child. My father owned a factory. I'm thinking about sort of my first commercial transaction here. My father owned a factory and one day I was offered a a quarter or something like that. You know, if I pushed a broom around sweeping up sawdust and whatever happened to be on the ground. And uh, it was also around the same time that uh, I discovered comic books. At that point, the relationship between the two activities became very clear for me. And and it just went from there. And the relationship in between, you know, time and value and and so on just became a theme in my life. Interesting. So what, what about the uh, the comic book? How did that play into? Is it, is it something that you worked toward as a goal? Is that what you saw at that time? Or is this just something that sticks out in your mind? It came down to freedom of choice and being able to select what I wanted when I wanted to get it. And, you know, just had a little bit more latitude in, in the type of comic that I could buy, I think, at the time. And instead of just getting an allowance to buy one, I could buy two or three or something like that. Okay. Great. No, that's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that. Mark, this might be a hard question to answer amid how things are changing around us right now, but what is your focus for 2020? You're right. It is a, a hard question to answer right now, just with all the uncertainty you know, around us personally and business-wise and so forth. It's, it's quite an interesting dynamic to be in. But that being said, I think the answer is relatively simple. It boils down to helping those around us be successful in what it is that they're doing. And what I mean by that is keeping a very narrow focus on doing things that create value and help people be better at, at what's important to them. And in that context, hopefully, you know, some of that value will be recognized and, and pass on through us and, you know, we'll develop deeper relationships and help more businesses and organizations and individuals continue to be successful in, in doing what they're doing as everything gets reorganized and reconfigured around us. Thank you for sharing. I think that's a sentiment that many share, especially around some of the things that have happened just in the last couple of weeks, as a matter of fact. And I'm, I'm hoping that everything will turn around here soon as far as the economy goes. Mark, experts say that data is now the gold mine. In your opinion, is it the data, the type of data, or the final analysis of that data that's worth more? You know, that's a really juicy question because every part of it matters. So I'm going to start with the end and the end being really the outcome. And, you know, first I'll just say, and this is not to diminish any, any part of this, right. Is that, you know, the analysis is, is rarely the final product. You know, there's entire verticals out there that exist on data where analysis isn't the outcome, but an activity that's done along the way. For example, banking and finance, trading, insurance, genetic-based healthcare, all these things are synthetic businesses, which are very real in our day-to-day lives. But if you think about it in the abstract from a data perspective, 
they are synthetic in that they have no raw materials going into them, right? There's no grease trees, rocks, plants, you know, fabrication or efforts that go into, you know, taking something and adding higher, you know, transforming it into something that's of higher value other than, you know, the input that goes into it, which is synthetic. So I think really when you're looking at these things, what really matters most is, is the outcome. And by an outcome, I mean, is a better decision being made? Is there a new insight that's been developed or revealed that was invisible before, but it's visible now that can change the way we work or change the way things are because of a new understanding? And so when you take that perspective, going backwards from the outcome helps you understand how things matter and what matters and what level of intensity to put on something. So it's not to say that one type of data or the analysis of the data or just the raw material of the data that matters more than, than any other piece. It's really the outcome that's you know, being strived towards. And that helps shape how you respond to and go after the objective that you're trying to achieve and also the activities that you follow in terms of going after that objective. That's an interesting perspective on that as it relates to, I guess, prioritizing what's important around that type data or that activity along the way, as you stated earlier. So Mark, what are you seeing as the biggest challenge facing organizations when it comes to being data centric? You know, fortunate or unfortunate, I've had the opportunity to spend a lot of time working with many organizations and, you know, kind of around the topics of, of data, right? And data is esoteric, even on a good day. But, you know, I'd say it has a common thing with any sort of organization that's looking to change, right? Whether it's data-centric or, or what have you. The first question is, is often, why change? Why change now? Why do we have to do this? And so on, right? And this also relates to the, you know, sort of the previous question in the conversation, which is becoming data centric to, to many people, you know, means a, a transition from operational excellence to, you know, more precision based outcomes and both which have some level of predictability in some way. And what I mean by that is that you can think about operational excellence in terms of, you know, how many times do I follow these steps and, you know, I'll have this particular outcome and how fast can I do it? And if I add more automation here or add more people here or add the system to support this, you know, therefore I'll be able to, you know, do more of it, you know, but not actually thinking about the, the content that's inside of that, you know, inside of that process to some degree versus an outcome that's data-driven or data-centric generally means, well, now it shifts from, you know, not just process excellence into more about, how right is the answer, right? And often organizations, you know, when they grow up, they, you know, shift from creating something originally into creating a better process around what they've created. And therein lies the challenge, right? Which is, okay, is what we haven't done before or what we've done in the past, is it not as valuable or relevant as it is now as we shift more towards, you know, data-centric, you know, decision-making, et cetera? Or do both of these things have a role? And so I think a different type of question needs to be asked within the organization very early on and specifically around, you know, becoming data-centric. And that is, you know, what is it we're trying to do? You know, like, what is the outcome that we're moving towards? And if an organization can't answer that question in very clear terms, that everyone can understand up and down the line, then the benefits of becoming, you know, a data-centric organization become hard, if not impossible to realize for a number of different reasons that would stop that organization from, you know, just moving ahead. So I think it's, it's really the challenge is, you know, is the second part about moving to data centricity, which is thinking about what is it you're trying to do, right? And what's the outcome that you're trying to achieve, if I were to sum it up. 
Thank you for sharing that, Mark. That was very insightful, and I'd not heard it that way before, but understanding that you are literally a kind of a data geek, right? A data scientist, chief data officer. I appreciate that perspective, honestly. I really do. So, Mark, I just want to wrap up with a question here. Can you share something from your career experience that would be helpful for new data architects, scientists, or entrepreneurs? Sure. I think there's probably a lot of things that I could share there, but I'll just try and uh, answer it from the perspective of somebody who has an idea about wanting to do something because it's a better way of doing it, or it's a new idea, or it's a, something that's innovative and a change from you know the status quo. We've all been there, you know, inside organizations or you know on the outside when we're doing research or looking at a problem and, and have a fresh perspective and say, oh hey my gosh, you know the light bulb goes off and you're like, if we just do it this way, you know this benefit will be realized and it'll help you know all mankind, etc. And so I think that. I would say the following. One is that you have to be totally committed to what it is you're doing. And I mean, being all in, not just 100%, not just 110%, but like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all into what you're doing and be incredibly focused about it and relentless in your pursuit of it. Every waking minute of your day and when you're not awake, you're sleeping and dreaming about it. Second thing, don't have a plan B. Focus only on plan A. Else your, you know, your energy is divided. And by definition, you're not all in. Sure. And third and last thing is surround yourself with people that support you. Be with people that, you know, you want to be like. Model yourself after them. Find people who've done it before. Figure out what they did and, or things that they did to approach similar or complementary problems or challenges. Be around people that you want to do business with and work with, et cetera. If you're not around those, if you're around, you know, doubters and naysayers and people that want to hold you back or natural have their own risk adversity for whatever the scenario is that you're in, it's going to present a challenge, you know, in that context. And I, and I don't mean to be suggestive in, in by any stretch that, you know, recklessness or, um, you know, proceeding without a plan or proceeding without any kind of, you know, risk tolerance is, is the way to go. I think, you know, you just need to kind of couple those three things together and, and being all in and, and being completely focused on it and, you know, being around people that support you and it will help you be successful. I think the, the common thing across all of that. And if I were to sum it up, it's all about learning and being ready to and open to learn because there's no such thing as a sure thing. You're likely not as smart as you think you are in, in everything that's out there. You may be super talented in one area and that's great, but there's other things that you don't know that go into making a person, an individual, a group, a team, an organization, a business, a vertical, a government, a country, et cetera, being successful than, than just you know an individual. And so I think those things really, I'd say, encapsulate what it takes to you know, be successful in that area. Thank you for sharing. That's some great insight. And I know our readership, our audience here would love to share that little nugget of wisdom. It's great. And that's why I like to do these podcasts, Mark, is to understand and hear from people's real world experience. So thank you for sharing that. Mark, I really want to personally thank you for being on the show today. It was certainly my pleasure. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Uh, absolutely. My pleasure as well. You know, I'm always happy to, you know, meet and talk with people. My philosophy is, you know, is knowledge shared is knowledge squared. And so the more you proliferate your ideas, the more, you know, it's going to help others and in turn, how you're going to be helped in response. So I'm happy to, to share at any time. Thank you very much for the time and opportunity. You bet. Bye for now, Mark. Mm -hmm.